SMQB's episode 104, Clock Blocked. The new pitch clock in the MLB starts spring training off with a bang. We've got a great F1 preview, first race this weekend. The Girl Scout cookie finals. The fix was in. It's clear. Tons of hot takes from a very eventful weekend in sports. Punchable face of the week. We came up short with a lasso this week. But that's it. Check us out. Leave us a review. Thanks for listening. SMQB's episode 104. Still waiting on four people to get their tattoos. Speaking of episode 104. <laughs> we aren't we? We certainly are. Milk, where are uh, you getting it? We're we're only waiting on two, in my in my opinion. The two guys promised they would get them a month ago. And yeah, still, mine's coming. They'll not they, they'll do it. They'll do mine's it. Coming. They'll do it. Mine's Yours coming. is your, the only your only question is whether it'll be voluntary or involuntary. It will be involuntary. Right. It will be involuntary. <laughs> I'm very worried about it. <laughs> I don't, and, I don't and, like and to that point it. is do we do we just tie him down and and let him witness him getting his tattoo, or do we just knock him the hell no. out somehow? No. Yeah, and, and he wakes up with a tattoo. <laughs> Please knock me out first. <laughs> <laughs> We'll consult with Natalie and ask her what's the least offensive place. You should probably say your forehead. The best thing is that we we now have a YouTube channel so we can show it on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. I told you there's one place we know that if if he gets it, Natalie will never see it. So (laughs) I'll let you all guess where that is. Yes, Nace, expand. Whatever. All right. Listen, hey, it's episode 104, and uh, I have a little trivia for you. Uh, we're going to be talking some F1 today, and I'm wondering who remembers the top four drivers from last year. Uh, I think I do. Uh, all right, so obviously Max, Leclerc, Perez, and Ocon. No, not Ocon. I th- all right, what I do think. You have? I think oh, Lewis Russell. got up to. I Russell. think Lewis got up to number four. I go with Russell. No, Lewis was sixth. I go with Russell at number four. I like Russell. Russell was number four. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Russell. All right. Followed by uh, Carlos Sainz and then Lewis. Mm. So wow. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was. I, I thought that might be the case. That uh, won't be the same finish remember. this year. No. I don't know. Could be. Lewis didn't have a single win last year. That first is time, yeah. first time. First ever. time in his career. Yeah. That yeah. yeah, that is crazy. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna get to a, the rule book here shortly, but house, I think we gotta start off with a little uh little baseball, right? Oh yeah. I mean, what is going on? Did what you guys call, see that do, stuff? What do we call in this segment? The, the players are being clock blocked. <sighs> <laughs> It's true. It is did you, true. Did you guys? It's it's not just in professional baseball. It happened in college baseball too. There was a college baseball game. Even though LSU was like up by four runs, the game ended when the the pitch didn't pitch didn't go off in time and just ended. 
I mean, are you well, are you opposed to that? I mean, I thought everybody was complaining the games were too long. How? Well, hey, wait a minute. How did that? How did that? How did that happen? Set up the end of the Braves game this weekend because that was the, the most. That was the Braves game against the Red Sox was tied six six, and spring training games can end in a tie. Bottom and of the, the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, and I think it was bases, bases loaded, loaded, and, and yeah. it was a full count, three two count, yep, three two count, and the pitch clock expired. No, 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 no. the 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 batter wasn't ready in time. Yeah, right. So the right. batter wasn't ready. I'm sorry, the batter wasn't ready in time, and so the clock expired. It was a called strike, and the game ended in a six six tie. And he thought he was telling him. That he like take a base, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And so he starts to go down, and then he's like, "No, you're out." And so one of my favorite Twitter accounts, uh, this guy who's a, a Philly sports fan whose name appropriately is absolutely hammered. That's his Twitter. <laughs> that's his Twitter. And he said, "If this happens in a Phillies game this year, there will be a news story of me in jail." I mean, yeah. but it's I, not going to happen. That's the point. That they're going to get it. They're going to get the message. So spring training. And the games are going to be faster, and so that's just, what everybody wanted. Just, just so we're clear, let's here's here's the rule. Here's how the yes, actual what rule is the works. rule. Okay, there's a it's a pitch timer. It's 15 seconds with the bases empty, 20 seconds with runners on base. A hitter gets one timeout per plate appearance, and must be but the hitter must be in the batter's box when the clock hits eight. Okay. Oh. We have a special guest joining us. Should oh, we let him in, or should we? Shocking. Should we make him wait a little while since he was late? Yes, we should. He didn't get Did in we, by the pitch clock. So he yes. didn't get in by the he's pitch out. clock, so he's, he's out. He's, yeah. he's out. Total, so total, under under, under your rule, this guy there was bases loaded, so this guy had twelve seconds between when the pitcher got the ball back and when this was called on him because. He had, he had to be ready within eight seconds of the 20-second expiration period. Right. So, wait, hold on. So, here, here we go. Hold on. Let me finish the rule. Um, so, pitchers get two disengagements, pickoff attempts or step-offs per batter. A violation is a balk. There's a limit on pickoff, uh, limit on pickoff attempts. Led to, uh, they're saying led to 26% increase in stolen base attempts in the minors, by the way. And well, it... Yeah, the limit. Yeah, so this is the one. Over? So this is the one that gets me. You can only throw over two times per batter. What? So like after that's you, new. Pope, wait, Pope. Wait, I did not know this. You you weren't in the batter's box in time. Yeah, the you, box, you're, so you're, you're out. You're in the box. So there's now, a lot. To I talk do about get annoyed here. as shit Pope, when Pope they go seven times in a row over clock block. Exactly. There's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. So the so, games are down an average of 23 minutes. It's in, great. so far in spring training. That's a good thing. And I think eventually people are going to, the batters are going to be like, I need to be ready. I can't be undoing my batting gloves in between every pitch. I need to be ready to go. That's good. I, I saw that they're now averaging two hours and 39 minutes from under a little over three hours. I That's my wheelhouse for an MLB game. Two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a question I have. I don't know if the rule addresses, this, but I I think I saw in one of the clips that the reason why a strike was called on the batter, I think you just said the rule was eight seconds or something, that the batter had not made eye contact with the pitcher. So there's there's a subjective component to this that 
I guess maybe, I don't know, it's the second base umpire, the first base umpire. Who is the umpire that's responsible for looking at the batter to uh, say? I was the yeah, home plate you umpire. You have to be aware this. of the pitcher, whatever the fuck that means. But how does the – who was watching ready. the clock? Search. You have to be in the box and ready with eight se- seconds to go. This guy had one foot completely out of the batter's box and was okay. looking down at the first base coach. Who is monitoring the clock? Not the home plate umpire. The home plate umpire. Umpire called it. Somebody must have been in his ear if he wasn't doing it. I think it's Siri. He's wearing an AirPod in one ear. His Apple Watch is called now. He's got Alexa Alexa, in the other ear. Alexa, Alexa, how much time is left on the pitch clock? Oh, boy. Here's the other question I have is that uh, I also saw a clip. I don't know if you guys saw this one where the pitcher exchanged the baseball that he was about to throw. But apparently the clock keeps running. So, like, the catcher threw him back a ball. He didn't like it, so he threw it into the dugout, and he just assumed that he reset the clock with the new baseball in his hand, but I don't think that resets the clock. Is that in the rules? Well, that's a good question. When does the clock reset? So you Does it ever reset? Yeah, I think they need to get that straight because one guy was saying that the catcher kind of faked him out by not being set. So if the catcher's not set, why does the batter have to be set? But when you throw a pitch and the catcher catches it for a strike, does the clock start back at 20 seconds? And start I think it ticking starts down? back once the pitcher gets it back from the catcher. Right. Yeah. The pitcher gets it back from the catcher. Okay. Oh, boy. But, but in this example, the guy, the guy, the batter was saying the, the catcher was still standing up. So why should I have to be ready? Right. Right. Because well, they're, they're going to start, ga- start gaming it. They're going to exactly. try to catchers exactly. going to try to deke him. Some KG manager is going to figure out how to game this. Right. Yep. And what about on a strikeout when they throw the ball around the horn? Does that count as part of the 20 seconds? Not until it gets back Not to until the pitcher. To pitcher. Uh, and, and the pitcher gets the ball, you know, near the shortstop and walks back. At what point does the clock start? Right. Does it start when he gets on the mound? No, it starts when he gets the ball. What if he's off the mound? What if he's what not, if on, the what if he's not on the rubber? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's got to be ready to go. But Bison is our baseball purist. So I'm guessing he's the one against this. I think this is a travesty. (laughs) Travesty. Oh, my God. You want a four hour game? I don't. (laughs) I I just can't understand how this is a good idea to have a clock in baseball. Having said that, the players have brought this on themselves. They've had plenty of time to get their shit together. They knew this was coming if they couldn't. And and it is annoying. Every time a pitcher gets the ball back, he's got to walk around the mound. He's got to pick up the rosin bag. He's got to, you know, take his hat off once and reset. And I mean, it it is, it is. They annoying. just get the tiger glue from the back of his head onto his fingers. <laughs> right. The yeah. spider tack. Right. I mean, it, right. It, whatever it, substance it, he's using. Right. I mean, so Gaylord Perry would not like this. I think it's it's terrible. How about it's Big Poppy? It'll yeah. be a disaster. Or Jeter. But, but like, yeah. I mean, you know, get get the ball, pitch it. Get the ball, pitch it. That's how the game should be played. I mean, I, I used to go and watch Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and these guys when I was living in Atlanta. And these guys, you know, they wanted to make their next tea time. So they were just like, you know, they were, they were, you know, give me the damn ball and throwing those games were like two and a half hours every time. Well, Max Scherzer says he loves this new rule, right? 
Max yeah, loves the new rule. He's like, yeah. I can control the pace. The old timers love it. I would yeah. assume. If you're a power yeah, pitcher, you just shit. fire it in there. Right. I, I mean, so I, I'm a little torn. I mean, the idea of a clock on a baseball field is, is a fucking joke. And, and this whole thing, though, about the two pickoff attempts, I mean, we're going to see some, we're going to see some stolen bases again this year, I guess. Yeah. I and mean, that'll make yeah. things a little more interesting. Yeah. So, oh, well, I, you know, and not only that, but uh, because the bases are bigger, they'll be able thing. to get more stolen bases as the tip of their finger touches second base. So Good if thing. you're, if you're on first, and the pitcher throws over twice, you know he can't throw over again? You're good to go. You're just yeah. going to go. Yep, right. Right. Well, you, you can still pitch out, though. Okay. Yeah, but first movement, you're going. Yeah, yeah. you're just like, uh, you have yeah, no Yeah, I don't want to see. I draw the line at rules that take away strategy. Decisions. Yeah. That, I don't like that. That's a big deal. I don't like that. That's a big deal. You don't I'm like in favor shift of then either. I'm, no, I don't like the shift. I mean, I hate the shift or the non as a fan, but I don't think it should be forced out of the manager's repertoire this is going to be the most exciting year that we've had in baseball since the steroid era the runs are going to go way up yep. stolen yep. stolen bases are going to go way up all these left-handed batters we're going to now be able to hit around without the shift all these it's going to you're going to see the balk numbers go way up from from pitchers who are trying to avoid this pitch clock stuff uh, you're going to see stolen bases go way up with the bigger bags and not being able to throw over. That is, that's all going to make for more runs, uh, shorter games, hopefully, and a better baseball product. Which Major League Wait. Baseball needs desperately. Yeah, they need it. Well, you're gonna you have no shift, so you can't get out. So you have bigger bases, so it's easier for guys to get on base. Games are going to be just as long. There's just yeah, gonna be, they're they're like all going to be eight to six, seventeen to game. fifteen. Yeah, I know. Well, it's there's nothing in this rule designed to help the hitter hit the ball better. It's well, just yeah. a, except for the shift. But I I really think a a, a power pitcher who is forced to get into a, a quick game groove is going to benefit from this. Yeah. Well, because I just batters have a hard time adjusting. That's why they step out after every pitch. They need to get their wits about them to face somebody like Randy Johnson. Well, the good news is we got rid of the ghost runner in extra innings now, right? Nope. No, that's still there. My favorite. I just want to say to Scott Richard and all my friends of the cheating Astros who needed Framber Valdez to play with his head 50 times before every pitch. Good luck. Good luck in the World Series this year, buddy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you... Just say the cheating Astros. We saw it happen. I made my mea culpa during the World Series. We saw it happen. We <laughs> <laughs> saw it happen. You know, stepping into pitches, Framber Valdez pulling off, you know, oil, you know, enough for a NASCAR race from his head before pitching. Anyway, I do think baseball will be a better product, and I do feel bad for the purists, but – because lots of the baseball players are railing against it, but I I think it'll be a better product. Here, here's a funny unintended consequence. One of the journalists in the Dallas Morning News wrote a column this morning. He said he said he's generally in favor for it, but typically when he goes and gets a beer in between uh, innings, it's about an inning to an inning and a half. He goes, now you're going to miss at least two, possibly two and a half innings if you guys get a beer. <laughs> That's funny. You, get, you have to deal with the bear, beer true. man. Yeah. You go back yeah. to the old days of having beers passed down the aisle. Yeah. Right. That's that's, that's fine. Right. Well, Rooster, you'll be excited to know I'm taking the kids to their first Yankees spring training game. Probably, so I'll tell you guys nice. all about it. Be, 
be prepared for blast off, baby. Oh, got these God. new young I hitters just, that are just crushing them all. Uh, I just don't understand why anybody want 26 fewer minutes of baseball. I don't I just don't understand <laughs> uh, any of this. If you could just subtract 26 games, that would be better. If oh, you had boy. to sit inside Tropicana Field, you'd understand. <laughs> yeah. right. Milk, did you want to tell our listeners that you're now a Phillies fan formally? No, 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 there's none of that. I have yes. no idea what you're talking His about. Kids have my, turned him to the Yankees. Harris <laughs> Harris Meichler is a Phillies player. <clears throat> he does play for the Pomacia Little League Phillies, and my <laughs> wife did but purchase a super fam shirt, which PH 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 AM, I guess. I don't know what this thing is. It's it's so disgusting. exciting. You're a Phillies fan. It's the worst moment of my life. I, I really, I do want to see the picture of you wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> I'm not putting that fucking thing on. Oh, I don't know. I'll send you a picture of Natalie wearing it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> frame it. There is an SMQB cash award out there for anybody who can provide us with a picture <laughs> of one Patrick Milk Michler wearing a Philly shirt this season. <laughs> or hat. It'll be a modest award, but there will be a cash award for sure. I'd give up my children before I did that. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Oh, God. Up for adoption. It's good thing Natalie uh, doesn't listen Looking to forward show. to the 4th of July. I know. I know. <laughs> Natalie does not listen to this podcast, right? Thank no? God. <laughs> That's good. Let's keep it that way. At least one more week. All right. Anything else on baseball? No. All right. Uh, hey, it's, it's good that they're playing games, though. So that's, that's fun. right. Exactly. It's back. And what else is back? Formula One. Let's back. go. We had some room, testing. Room. We had some testing this weekend. Um, so we do a little uh, little F one preview here. And I think the the first question is almost: Is there a reason to watch? Can anyone beat Verstappen this year? Uh, I think. I think I'll tell you what. I think my, my answer is. Uh, look within the team. I think there is some bad blood mm-hmm. at Red Bull. Um, we started off the show. Pope uh, wasn't in the batter's box yet, so he didn't uh, he didn't get the question. But recall the top four. We said at the top of the show: Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, and then Russell. But why did Perez finish behind Leclerc? Arguably, because his teammate didn't help him. Team. His teammate didn't let him through because he had a grudge from something that happened eight weeks earlier in the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, at least as the season gets started, to see Perez really going at Verstappen. Uh, I think they're going to, and I think that they kind of have to let him race at least the beginning of the year to see yep. what happens, right? I mean, that could be interesting is how many, you know, does, does Perez cause anything? any uh, Verstappen um, wrecks or anything like that. And um, do we get a little old school racing where teammates are taking each other out and that comes back down the road to, to haunt somebody. Right. And Leclerc's car is supposed to be better this year. And he was in it a lot early last year. He's, I think he's fired up. The three of them are going to do yeah, some good races. Have Ferrari fixed their internal problems? Yeah inability to finish a race they they hired all new people yeah they have well, a, they have a new dir- racing house. director well i I'll just to on, about ferrari yeah i mean uh, on red bull just to add to the drama 
uh, waiting in the wings, if there is any kind of really crazy drama, is uh, Danny Ricardo, who's without yeah. a he, who's without a seat this year, but he is the third driver, the first alternate on Red Bull, which adds to a little bit over the shoulder stuff. But I, I agree. I think I think Checo's going to come at him hard. But Ferrari uh, has a new team principal, Fred Vasseur, and uh, the car's running fast. Uh, I think it was the second fastest. I think the fastest lap so far was Checo uh, in the practice that they've had so far. But the second fastest lap was Leclerc. The big issue that Ferrari has to continue to figure out, I don't know if you guys remember, but one of the one of the bigger issues, in fact, when when Leclerc was ahead in a number of races late in the season, he had all kinds of tire degradation problems. Mm-hmm. Ferrari had a big tire problem, and it's not clear whether they have figured that out yet, because a lot of it happens with their, you know, when they run on heavy fuel for whatever reason. The way they have their car set up, Ferrari tires seem to degrade faster than a lot of other tires. I think if they figure that out, they won't win the constructor championship, but I think they'll make it much closer. And I think you'll see some more podiums from Leclerc. And let's not forget, you know, science was on the podium a number of times last year, too. He's a pretty good understudy, too. So I think Ferrari is solidly in the second slot right now. I think they'll close the gap a little bit in the constructor championship, but I don't think, I don't think forgive the pun. They have the horses to, to, to challenge Red Bull at the top. Vegas disagrees with that, but I agree with you. Vegas has Mercedes two, Ferrari three for odds to win the constructors. Interesting. I disagree disagree with that based on the little amount of practice we've seen. Hope you're shaking your head down there. How oh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy Vegas on that. I mean, pretty clearly, Ferrari's number two right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um, what about <clears throat> Hamilton? I mean, how long is he going to be content not getting podium finishes? I mean, he's getting up there in age. Yeah, he's 37 years old. Um, I wonder about him because, you know, he's 37. He's been knighted. He just signed a $400 million contract with Mercedes to be like their, you know, lifelong ambassador. And when you get to 30, when you get to 37, you start to worry about risks more than when you're 22, 23 years old. You said the opposite. What are you talking about? You said the older you've gotten, the less you care. Well, that's me. That's why you, you yeah, jumped off history. a cliff. That's me. That's a, me. No, but like the older I've gotten, the more I'm afraid of really, really high heights I am. Like I used to climb up into stuff I would never climb up to now. Um, now you're getting tattoos. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Lewis, I wonder what his his uh, ambassador contract says as far as how long he's committed to being in behind. Right. The I know. I'm sure it's got some requirements about how many you know how many seasons he needs to be in the seat. Um, but. Well, yeah, Lewis he's... is chasing one thing though. He's chasing that eighth world title, world championship that would push him push him past Schumacher. Right. right? He and Schumacher are tied for seven uh, world driver champions, and he wants that eighth one to put himself up there all alone. Great. 
Well, yeah, what have we been what... hearing from Mercedes though for the last two years? We we're we're we were working on our car for 2023. You know, we're we're not we're not going to be able to get it ready for 2022. We're going to have problems, but we're working on it for 2023. And you know, they just had that uh, two or three days of practice testing in Bayron uh, in preparation for the first race next weekend there. And Max had the fastest time day one. Perez had the fastest time. The best Lewis did was second fastest, 0.36 seconds behind Perez. I think it was in day three. But he finished up and said, hey, look, we've gotten rid of that dolphining, that bouncing that we had last year. But the car still doesn't have good balance and traction. We have a lot of work to do. So, I mean, you, I, you know, I believe it when I see it that they're back in the race. But you guys know the different, the big difference in Mercedes between 2021 and 2022 and why Lewis didn't have a first place podium finish. I think it's because the difference is last year they literally let George Russell race him. They would not let Botas race Lewis. I mean, we remember all those races in 21 where Botas just, I mean, he really was the perfect teammate. He blocked and he let Lewis take the way. You guys just corrected me. I I had forgotten that Russell finished ahead of Lewis in the driver championship. And I think as long as you have Russell as an equal or better driver, it's going to make it really tough for Lewis to get on podiums and nearly impossible for Lewis to get that clinching record. And they're either going to have to figure something out internally on the team to let George block. I just, I don't see, I don't see Russell doing that. There were a lot of critics last year who said Lewis is probably the best driver in the world when it comes to running in the front, but he's not a great, he's not great from behind. But, but they say that, but do you remember in 2021 when he'd get penalized 10 spots and we'd all be like, wow, he's done. And he'd, Come right back, just like Max does now. Come right back up to the front. I, he, I think it was the car last year that he had. It was bouncing all no, over the place. Russell's clearly. definitely dealt with it better than Lewis did, but that car was crap last year. There, there was a lot of suggestion too that Lewis was getting asked by the team to drive different setups week after week after week uh, to try and help get the car to the right spot, whereas George had a much more consistent setup with his car. Uh, and was kind of given the opportunity to just go out there and drive and get comfortable. Uh, and Lewis was doing a lot more of the uh, kind of R&D on the fly yeah. uh, that was necessary. So, I mean, who knows? Who really knows? We'll see. I mean, does anybody doubt, though, if you put Lewis into Max's Red Bull, that he would win the championship? Mm, I mean, ra- racing side by side, Max, if they're both if in the Max Red Bull? and Perez had the same car? No, he's saying if Lewis was in the Red Bull. Put Lewis in Max's car. And is Max also in a Red Bull? Now he goes into Lewis's car. So it's the car, not the driver. We've uh, yeah, I mean that's that's always the the fun part of F1. Is that is the is that dilemma or Bilk, I feel like I feel like there might be a top gun opportunity reference here. But there is a time. Whatever do you mean? Where <laughs> you know, getting older matters, and this—I mean, I don't understand Alonzo at all. Can you imagine how terrifying it would be to be his age, racing around with those guys? Yeah, but I mean, if you we want to segue into the middle tier, Alonzo had a good testing run at Bahrain. Yeah, no, I know. He's he's got new uh, new energy this year. 
So what is, what is your take on that, Pope, on how the mid-tier well, is going to play out? You assume that the, the the top three are kind of locked in at uh, at Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. And then, you know, last year, uh, Alpine finished fourth. But this year, uh, Aston Martin, which finished seventh last year in testing, is running strong. They're, most things I've read, they're, they're number four in the rankings right now. And Alonzo's got a fast car. Um, Stroll, even, uh, uh, you know, his car's looking good, although he may not go on Sunday. Uh, what a great name. Dragovich uh, may take his break place. <laughs> but um, if Aston Martin's able to actually, you know, get fourth or fifth, that would be a big surprise. But they uh, they tested well. Um, you know, Alfa Romeo uh, and Alpine, are they probably going to battle it out for five, six? Not surprising. Uh, Haas last year was eighth. Um, this year, you know, Haas. they're right now they're in like sixth or seventh. Um, you know, the biggest surprise to me, guys, is how far McLaren has fallen. Yeah. They, and they're, they they're saying have, their car sucks this year. Yeah. They don't have a good car. Well, they just got rid of Danny Ricardo. Uh, they've got a, um, new driver who's actually probably the the biggest buzz of any of the rookie drivers is Oscar Piastri um, with, with a great pedigree. He won uh, the F2 championship in 2021. He won the F3 in 2020, nothing but winning pedigree. Um, and they're, they're hoping that he's going to be able to uh, not only replace Ricardo, but uh, step it up. But the problem is, you know, we talk about the car versus the driver. McLaren's having issues with their cars. And then, of course, you know. And, and by the way, Piastri's gonna have a little bit of a target on his on his car uh, from those Alpine drivers, right? After he had reneged pulled. on, he had reneged yeah. on Alpine, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He reneged on his on his agreement with them, uh, more or less. And so, don't don't think that there aren't going to be a few people willing to uh, to get in his way along the along the uh, circuit. Right. That's how Gasly got with Alpine. Uh, yeah, right. speaking speaking of that, I'll take any team with Gasly and Ocon on it over a team that has Stroll as one of its drivers. <laughs> I'll take. I think Alpine finishes ahead of them for that reason. And of course, uh, bringing up the rear, you have AlfaTari and Williams. But the thing about Williams that's interesting is they, for the first time since 2015, you have an American driver, Logan Sargent, uh, who's replacing Latifi, which. Lord knows he needed replacement. <laughs> <laughs> so that means there'll be there'll be less wrecks ruining the outcome of races. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And our final uh, rookie out of the three is Nick DeVries uh, with AlphaTauri um, re- replacing Gasly, who then jumped up to uh, to Alpine. Um, he's already done an, uh, a Grand Prix last year, Italian Grand Prix. DeVries was ninth, so he actually got points in his first Grand Prix, but uh, AlphaTauri's car sucks, so we don't expect much out of him. Not many points out of those guys. Um, Piastri's probably the one that most people are looking at if, for getting some points if McLaren can get their car working. I think Alpha Romeo takes essentially McLaren's place in that, in that next tier of the four, five, six. I think McLaren drops down and Alpha jumps up. Their car is running well. Um, Botas had some good um Botas had some good races last year, and so did Joe Guan Yu. So 
I, I don't know. It, I like I like where Alpha is for this year, and I I think they'll where they finished sixth last year. Alpha, I think they finished sixth or seventh in the constructors. I think they could. I think yeah, they could they were, be at, Alpha. Alpha was sixth. Yeah, I think yeah. they could be at least sixth, and maybe even a place or two higher. McLaren was fifth, and right now they're predicted to be eighth. Yeah. Mm. But you know what's amazing, though? You think about the F1 uh, in terms of timing. So I, I looked, the slowest lap uh, was by uh, Logan Sargent at 1 minute 32.54, and the fastest lap was uh checo at one minute 30 seconds 0.305 so a little over two seconds separates the first and 20th place that's what's so amazing about f1 yeah but when you when you multiply that times 50 laps you get lapped (laughs) yeah Yeah. right and and then you add in the fact that some of these drivers are terrible starters which is i think science's biggest problem don't forget the return too of uh of one Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, back back in Haas with K Mag. Yeah. How about the fact that basically still driving and Gunther? <laughs> what's really unbelievable is that a pandemic gives birth to a Netflix show, which gives birth to now three separate races in the United States. Austin, Miami, and Las Vegas, and gives birth to now a tennis, golf, and football show. All the same producers from this Drive to Survive. Like it is crazy what they figured out with this show, right? And the money that's been made from it, and the number of races. You know, it used to be that it's pretty much one country, one race, and this wasn't even on the radar of sports in the U.S. And now it's massive money. I think like half a million people turn out in Austin for the weekend, and now you got three races, big, big bucks, big bucks. Austin was yeah. the only one we had first before uh, right. Netflix. I think I'll pass right. on the football show, though. <laughs> yeah, that's Marcus Mariota. You don't want to watch Marcus Mariota? I'm not, I'm not, the scenes? I'm not interested <laughs> in him. You, you don't like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are there any new rules in F1 that we got to worry about this year? Uh I'm covering that. By the way, you guys asked me to cover rules. By far the hardest thing to fucking understand. <laughs> that's why we gave that's it to you. What, yeah. That's what happens when you don't yeah. show up two times in a row. That's, right. that's, what, that's yeah. what happens when you don't get a tattoo. We Do you know how much, sure by the way, Rooster the referred to it as doffening earlier? I started, I was like, that's obviously it's porpoising. Porpoising. Oh, excuse, excuse I me, mean, Milk. Gee, come on, get to know this shit. <laughs> I've learned more about porpoising today. Than I ever want to know about. Does everyone know what that is? And do you know what porpoising is? Nate? I'm yeah. afraid. I'm afraid to ask. It's the bouncing. It's the bouncing. Was, yes, it's the bouncing. So yeah. that's one of the big rule changes this year. Is that they've, uh, I guess they've increased the outer edge of the floor and the front of the rear. They've raised those rear wheels by 15 millimeters, which. I guess you guys tell me you're the F1 nerds. Is that a big deal? Because that's going to slow down the vehicles, right? And I'm assuming this is some sort of safety move. Um, but I I would think that's somewhat controversial. I think that the, what's controversial about, about it is clearly 
Mercedes suffered more than any other team, I think, with the, the porpoising. And the safety concern for it is all that balancing at those speeds uh, and in those cars is is not good for the driver's neck and back and, and just generally their bodies. And Mercedes had a problem. And, you know, there's even a scene in, in the current F1 where uh, in Drive to Survive where, you know, Toto is pitching a fit over it and saying, we got to do something about this. This isn't right. And and uh, Christian Horner is never afraid to, to you know speak up in front of the camera. Says, "Well, build a better car, build a better fucking car," you know. And basically, it was like, was everybody having this problem, or was it just one or two teams? I think you like to see Toto pick Christian Horner up by the throat one time, <laughs> lift his feet off the ground. But the, but wasn't it Little causing? Man. It was causing turbulence behind the car, right? I I don't know the answer to that. Right. I think that was one of the problems. So I think one of the ways they keep the car on the ground is the way they direct the air underneath the vehicle almost sucks it down. So that's one of the ways they, they create the downforce on the vehicle. It's not just with the big wing in the back. To create it, so so that was one of the things that that I think Red Bull had figured out and done a better job of than Mercedes was was the way they used their the diffusers underneath the car to use the air coming under it to keep it grounded so that it has it has better traction on the turns and that sort of thing. And I think some of the porpoising has to do with with how you generate downforce underneath the car and and. Uh, so anything that disrupts the airflow is going to, you know, screws up, screws up everything behind you too. Who's right. an F one nerd now? Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> but this, but so this causes this this increases parity, essentially, right? It should. I think it so. Should it yeah. should? Mm. Any other? Sounds, uh, sounds uh, like it was designed bumps. to help Mercedes, though. Any right. other rule changes, Milk? Because you are really in the know now. Richter roll bars after uh, Gianyu's massive accident, which you don't even have to be a F1 fan to, to go back and see how horrific that was. God. In fact, he's still alive as nuts. Um, seemed, like the, seemed like the roll bar worked pretty well, though. Yeah, right. Seriously. He has right, a strong really, neck. I'm not yeah. sure I'd want to tinker with it too much. Yeah. Right? Well, I think um, it's stricter tests to make sure actually nah. that they're uh, in, in good condition uh we've gone from three to six sprint races including one in austin you guys like those I sprint do. races yeah i think it's I pretty do. exciting i yeah. still haven't figured out what they mean though so you, you <clears throat> no you, no mandatory pit stops get less you, points if you win the sprint races at points and then there's not there's less points in the overall race i don't no, think so no. because it doesn't affect the the pole position it it doesn't it does. pole. Yeah, it, it tells does. you who you're on pole. The sprint race? Yeah. Yeah. Not last year it didn't. It's in lieu of know. qualifying. It, it replaces, yeah, Q3. Not last year it didn't. I don't think so. I think it did. I think Nace is right. No, because we had the situation where uh Kevin Magnuson Right. He won. He won. But he was penalized. Yeah, he got penalized. He had a, he had a he had to take like 10 spots back, even though he won. No, no, he, he sat at the pole 
but he did not win the sprint race. Well, maybe yeah. the person who did was penalized. No, I, I think I've, you're right, Nate. I don't think. How else are they going to pick the pole placements if they don't have qualifying? I think Q2. Ah. Uh, yeah. This is why we need to. We, you know, we, we, too, were bad we the, too bad we didn't have someone covering the rules. Yeah. No, no I think Nace yeah. is right. It doesn't affect pool. That's what I read. I got to get a, I got to get a, some guidance from our guys over at Stateside F1. All right. Yeah. We're going to get an answer to this. We're going to get an answer to this. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think Nace is right. Based um, on his previous answer, I'm 100% sure he's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for lights out. I was, yeah. just, we got 23 races and yeah. it's uh some really young guns on the track, some good stories with you know that we kicked off with with the you know the internal turmoil potentially between Max and Checo and Lewis chasing the dream. And there's there's some really good stories for this year. And the American driver. Yeah. Yeah, and an American driver. That's right. All right. Anything else on F1? All right. Um, the time has come to crown a champion. Oh, yes. The internet is a buzz. <laughs> and we have come through with <laughs> one, two, three rounds. And just a very quick recap here in round one. The buys went to tag along Stin Mints and Samoas. But in, in round one, we had S'mores knocking off Lemonades. Adventurefuls knocking out Toffee Tastic. Raspberry Rally knocking off Trapoils. Caramel Chocolate Chip beating Toastiers. And Dosey Dose knocking Lemon Ups uh, out of the tourney. And then we went Tagalongs over S'mores. Adventure Fools over Raspberry Rally, Thin Mints in a nail biter over cho- over caramel chocolate chip, uh, and Samoas over Dosey Dose. So our final four was Tagalong versus the newcoming uh, Adventure Fools, which I'm not sure anybody here has ever actually tasted. Uh, Pocus, uh, and okay, Pocus tasted and it, them all. Let's be tasted them all. Every bad. single one of them. It was three Twice. to one. Tagalongs moved through. Uh, and then Thin Mints and Samoas in a what came down to overtime. We had to get uh, milk uh, text in. Milk got vote. paid off. I'm convinced. That's my crowning bad. achievement. Milk went with Samoas, pushed them through to the final. Here we are. We've got the number one. It's all chalk. It's number one tagalongs versus number two Samoas in the first ever Girl Scout Cookie Challenge. This is Gentlemen, not without controversy. We have to acknowledge no. that. And it's. It, I have a feeling this is only going to advance that controversy. Hmm. I, I, I think this is going to be. Um, I, I have a feeling which way this is going. I mean, hope we we've decided that you only get half a vote because you're not a peanut butter fan, and that's just fucking or a coconut anyways. fan. Or a coconut fan. He like hates both. Oh, he's brought them out. He's so, trying on live air here. All right, hope is uh, is going to try them. In the meantime, um, house. Give us your vote. And just I I I think we went wrong in a lot of ways in this contest. I'm I'm sorry to all the women out there. Apparently, there's a a huge gender bias towards the thin mints. A lot of the ladies are upset that that the thin mints didn't make the finals. Well, that's a shame. But 
That's a shame. Suck it. Um, so I am going to I'm going to put in my final vote. My final vote. Yeah, Pope's eating it right now. And we are sticking with the name Samoas. My the champion for me is the Samoas. I don't know what it's been named renamed as, but enough of you snowflakes. I'm going with the Samoas. We really only need one more vote. I mean, I'm pretty sure we know where where milk is coming down on this. Yeah. <laughs> what gave that go to, you can go to someone way. else if you I want. I feel like my lab when I'm making him his dinner, staring at those Samoas <laughs> behind milk right now. I'm practically oh. drooling. Yeah. You know why that is? They're delicious. They're dog food rooster. That's why your lab's staring at them. I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be the second of three votes in favor of Samoas. I'll tell you, it's over. This is like over. This is like that's what they're good for. They're good for labs. They're good for laboratories. This is like a final game of like Duke Connecticut. I hate them both. I don't like either one. I can't believe you can't. Chocolate and peanut butter. I mean, how can you vote against that? It's like you're fucking communists, all of you. It's just so fucking They're delicious. Listen, I do love the tag along, but not as much as after you voted for Thin Mints last week, Nace, you lost all credibility. Yeah, really. And I discovered that really really you were voting on behalf of your wife. I mean, so. It's like the Duke beat Carolina in the semis when the not- Thin Men's got knocked out. Now I'm never going to be for Carolina into this conversation. Samoas. There that- we go. <laughs> Screw the Samoas. Tag along, baby. From now on, there it oh, is. That's peanut right. butter and chocolate. From, from now on, you may only reference ranked teams. Oh, oh, oh. wow! <laughs> wow! Well. Milk, making an count? analogy, Rooster. I wasn't talking about, yeah, but we're talking about the final two here. Milk, the you're, ones, you're throwing the, in your vote for caramel UNC. delights, yeah. Caramel delights with the win all the way through the what? final three to two. Oh, did the snowflake the move. Samoas the Samoas caramel delight? They're called caramel delights now. Did you know they're what's they're, the they're, Samoans um, call them Samoas. Yes, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers well, ta- defensive tackle. The and Girl the Scout troop that I bought these from at the low Dallas, they yeah. call them Samoas. Well, what does it say on the box? It, it says, still Samoas. says Samoas. It says Samoas. Says Samoas. I love Samoas that when you buy them the in box. Texas, they're still called Samoas. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, I know. They haven't changed it. Shout out to Hadley with Girl Scout, whatever it is. In, in Florida, Wait, they passed a law that says you can't oh. change the name. Oh, this is where... Which Wait, Girl no, Scout troop no, did you buy this said, from? He just said, shout out to Hadley with Girl Scout troop, whatever it is. <laughs> what troop number are they? Wait, I forgot. Do wanna, I don't know. Come on. Do you, do you want to know why Pope hasn't seen that they say caramel delights on the box? Because it's on the side where the nutritional information is. Oh, <laughs> is it? No. Uh, no? Poor Hadley. Uh-oh. Uh, Damn it. Oh, oh boy. Whoever All right. Are. That's it. That's it. We have crowned a victor or something like that. So congratulations right to the Caramel Delights. Look, see, nothing. Hmm, interesting. No okay. Caramel Delights. It's all Samoas. So for you on our, watching on our new YouTube channel, you can see it's Samoas. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Well, let's see. What else we got? Um, 
There's a lot of other little hot takes we want to get to. Who's got one this week? Going to give a shout out to the Manchester United Red Devils uh, for winning the League Cup this weekend for the first time hoisting a trophy since 2017. Uh, For all of our football fans out there, this is one of the best turnarounds in sports in a while. Uh, They fired their manager, hired Eric Ten Hag. They are 29 wins, five draws, and six losses since hiring him. Uh, They've won the League Cup. They're third in the Premier League. They're still alive in the European League. They won their first round beating Barcelona. They're in good shape in the FA Cup. And Marcus Rashford, their star striker, has been on some kind of heater. Last year, he had a total of five goals and two assists. They have a new manager. And this year, he in various play with Man U, he's got 25 goals and seven assists. He had a, another goal in the League Cup final against Newcastle this week. Um, Manchester United is, I don't know, I wouldn't compare them to... Uh, God forbid the Dallas Cowboys and New York Yankees, but they are worldwide one of the storied franchises in sports and a massive, massive following. And it's just good for the sport of soccer that they're back on top. So shout out to the Red Devils, Ten Hag, their great defender, Casemiro, who has turned around that team and Marcus Rashford and the rest of the boys. I'll be looking for them in the Champions League. When are they playing again? They will not be playing in this year's Champions League, but you oh. can, you can, you can definitely, <laughs> assuredly count them for next year's Champions That's League. That's why they have these lesser trophies that they hand out, right? League Cup, <laughs> League Cup one's a pretty good trophy to win. It's the best in the league in the tournament in the it's Premier like League. IT. <laughs> oh, well, that's Isn't where Carolina's going to be playing this year. Aren't what? they going to buy them soon? Guitar, Cutter, or Cutter? Um. I hope not. Uh, the Glaciers are selling, right? Yes. Yes, which is probably a very popular move over there. Maybe Bezos can buy them since they can't get <laughs> yeah. the commanders. It's, yeah. Right. Since he's been shut out. Hopefully he right. had any critical articles of Man U in the post. Who's got another one? Well, I was going to follow up on our uh, preview of the NBA. Um to show you how dominant the East is right now, the Bucks have won 14 straight. The Celtics are now healthy. And the Knicks, the lowly Knicks, who's the sixth seed in the East, have a better record than every Western team except for um, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Kings. Wow. So, I mean, the West is just suffering this year, although I think the Lakers may actually be rising up to uh playoff status Who and you called it? it you called it. Oh. Who said it you called it that game uh, that game against alice with no d um wow <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting on that oh one my too. god my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I mean, 27 points and they let the, the gong back in the game uh <laughs> i just don't think those i just don't think Kyrie and and uh What's his face can play together? I mean, you're up 27 and the record of this year. Teams are 138 and oh, yeah, I think it's probably yeah. over. Yeah, probably over, mm-hmm. except if you don't play defense. No, defense. So, but the, but the Lakers pulled off some strong uh, trades 
And AD yeah, looked good last night too. Yeah, AD looks he's healthy and he's he a monster. Good. But in addition to Bison's point from last week about D'Angelo Russell and Hachimura, uh, this guy Jared Vanderbilt, oh man, is a great addition to that team. He's a disruptor. I mean, he without yeah. him they wouldn't yeah. have won that game. He changed the whole game. Mm-hmm. So he had like it, seventeen and eighteen, seventeen points, eighteen boards, something like that. It's ridiculous. I hope someone's going to talk about Dame Lillard, but. I'll, I'm passing the mic. 71 points. Yeah. There was some great basketball over the weekend. I mean, between that comeback, Dame time going off, the, what was it, triple overtime, 178-175 uh, game between Sacramento and the Clippers. Yeah, talk about no D, though. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that game was insane. And the back-to-back games of the Sixers comeback against the Grizz, which was a wild, incredibly entertaining ending, followed by the incredibly entertaining Celtics. Saturday night game against the Celtics, where Tatum hits a three when the teams are tied. Tatum hits a three to presumably win the game. There's 1.3 seconds left. They inbound the ball to Embiid. He throws up a shot. From like about, 65 feet away. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. Now like that I understand line, that the, now that I understand that the court is a hundred feet long. <laughs> 94. <laughs> 94. Whatever. Not not 300. Yeah. It, it, from about 70, 80 feet. And he swish goes right in, but it was a tenth of a second too late. Yeah. And they lose by three. Yeah. NBA's definitely heating up. Definitely, definitely heating up. So there are seven other people in the history of the whole league who have matched Dame Lillard 71 points one time. Wilt Chamberlain did it six times. I was going to say, Chamberlain probably did it six and Kobe at 81, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are are eight people now, um, nine people now who've done it, and and eight of them have done it once. Wilt did it six times. Some Should one you? of the basketball writers commented today that that we are headed towards a hundred point game, particularly if you get to an overtime game. That some of these monster scores like Dame and uh, Donovan Mitchell and Tatum, and when they go off, especially if you can get a game into overtime or double overtime, it's mm-hmm. conceivable it could happen. Yeah, How, I mean, you guys are NBA purists. How do you feel about that? This this defense is dying essentially. Well, I think Dame and Steph Curry are just lights out shooters. I mean, you can't go, you have to kind of pick them up at half court because they get five feet beyond the half court line. And and Dame was hitting threes from that deep in that game. So part of it is they're just excellent shooters, but there's also no defense. There's no defense. And some of the defense is deterred because there was a time like back in the bad boys days of the Pistons and, and the Knicks and some of those teams that there was a lot of stuff. The refs let you get away with. Now there's so yeah, much ticky tack fall calling. Right. It's, it's so much more physical before. And now they call so much ticky tack stuff. And that prevents you from playing defense. Cause you foul out. JJ Reddick's going to be on your ass. Yes. <laughs> he does. He does. He disagrees. I know. The shooting is better, but I think the defense has gotten a lot worse, and the refs aren't helping things. Well, as if as if the uh, NBA wasn't uh, didn't give us enough good basketball. How about some of those uh, college games that ended a uh, little pre March Madness, Madness, huh? Yeah, those were wild buzzer beaters. 
I mean, how many, how many, how many um, upsets were there of of ranked teams? Like thirteen, or it's crazy. Know? Yeah, and and then four buzzer beaters, like true buzzer beaters, uh, and and one in the in the women's game too. Yeah. Uh, so five college buzzer beaters yesterday in, in you know kind of big meaningful games. Um, UCLA won. That wasn't a buzzer beater, but it it was a last shot. Yep. Uh, that went down and and they won, um, and they've won something like fourteen in a row, I think. Right? They they won the Pac-12 for the the first time in a while, I think. So uh, keep an eye on them. And then uh, we also had Manny Machado signing another massive contract. Didn't he just sign a, a ten-year, he sign yeah. Million, uh, yeah. contract He's years? there for life now, right? So what is it? It's an eleven. It's like a pool holds contract. It's yeah, it's like 11, 11 years, years 470 11 years, million. 350, That's 350 million. right? And how old yeah. is he? Well, on top but, of on top of the 120 he's already earned. So I think uh, the total oh, yeah. contract is like 470. Right, so, right. So they right. also have Tatis at 14 years for 340 million. Bogart's 11 years, 280 million. You so Darvish monopoly money. That's six years, one hundred eight. They're getting all this money. And Joe Musgrove five years, one hundred million, and they haven't signed Soto yet. Well, that's that makes my it hard question. to sign Juan Soto. How, how it, can you not sign him? Isn't isn't this deal that they made for Machado essentially saying we favor building this team around Machado rather than Soto? Because I feel like you can only give one mega mega contract to one of them. I think with Soto, one of the problems is who his agent is. And they weren't going to get a shot with Boris at signing him. I mean, he's he's under contract for another year. Right. Um, at least the at least one year. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the reality is, is that they they decided to sign the guy they knew they could. Um, I don't think that they're gonna get a shot at 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 Soto. Uh, I think we know where Soto's gonna end up. Uh, it's somewhere on the East Coast, and it's probably um, north of the Mason-Dixon line. Um, so I, I just think that that I don't know that they're making any hedges on if they want to not build around Soto as much as Boris just isn't going to negotiate with them right now. I don't think we have any room for him. Oh, well, <laughs> he's going to be on the Mets. I thought you were talking well, about the Rays. Red Sox. Uh, I was thinking of the Red Sox, actually. Oh, oh really? Mm. They need help. They need yeah. help, and that would be a, a big signing for them. So um, their fan base pretty despondent. Of course, right don't now. don't underestimate him coming back to Washington. That would be good. I, I would like to see that. There's right, a lot there's of new, new ownership. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe there's a lot of pressure on the Padres. Before we get off of basketball, how about the fact that we're it's about to be March, and Kentucky, UNC, Michigan, and Duke are not ranked. Mm, Kentucky now is. Well, they Kentucky, are. Kentucky just moved back into the uh, polls at twenty today. They suck. What? They yeah. are not the twentieth team. I'm, I'm almost positive they are Pope. Well, I mean, they, Check it out. Snuck they back could in, be there, but that are. that shows you the parody in basketball this year. There's massive parody. They are not massive that parody. that good. They won Which like three games in a row. But this they is a big this is a big week for my guys though. They uh, tonight they play Florida State. They've got to keep it going. And then I'll be there in person to make sure they beat, take care of the Dukies on Saturday in Chapel Hill. And then they can uh, punch their ticket to the tournament at that point. If you That's can't not beat Florida State, you got big problems. Well, Miami had some issues. I don't care. They, they are terrible. 
And the AP, the AP's got Kentucky at 23. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm telling you guys, do not sleep this year on Houston. That is, in, in my opinion, that's the team to beat. I'm they, selling. I'm selling stock. No. I'm How do you sleep on the number one ranked team? They're, 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 they're the number saying, one team in the well, because, because, because people don't go. people don't think of them. They're not part of like the paragon of NCAA basketball. Well, yeah. none of them except for Kansas are that's up top. Houston has anybody. UCLA's number four. I'm not Houston. Houston does not turn over the ball. They make threes. They are big up top. They have good guard play. They they. They play like that old style of like Nolan Richardson type defense of 40 minutes of hell. The, their defense is suffocating. I'm telling you right now, you can make your money off your March Madness pools, put Houston in your final four and probably in your final game. I, I would yeah. love to see an Alabama Houston game in the final four. That would be. Oh, we're getting there. Nuts. We're getting there. Second, third round there. knockout. Who are, the, who are Alabama's four losses? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. So now Pope's got UNC and Alabama. This is, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. If mean, SMU was shit. good, they would have those too. They suck. So, if, <laughs> so if UNC doesn't make the tournament, he's got Bama. Roll time, and, you know, baby. and if if LSU was good right now, we you know he lived there for a while too, right? God, this is so frustrating. <laughs> it's whack. He hasn't watched milk. one Alabama game all oh, year. No, oh, no, yeah, no, I have. No, Brandon wow. Miller, he's. Brandon Miller could be behind whatever. Half the team. Bars. What kind of number two? Behind bars. Behind bars. bars. Oh, no. Let's not go there. Uh -uh, (laughs) Nope. We're going there. Oh, we're going there, Pope. We're going there, Pope. Oh, is that where you get? Is that your punch? Do we even have to talk about Buckle in. Buckle in for this one. Just stop talking about college. Well, if we want to start talking facts, let's go. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's punch someone. This is going to be fun. All right. All right. All right. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. Morris, but tonight, don't call it a comeback. This is a punchable face segment that apparently is going to turn into a debate. So I'm just going to put in my side first and then we're going to hear from our resident bama fan brian pope but uh a, a couple brian, of weeks brian, ago uh, brian johnny cochran if the glove don't fit you must have quit pope that's what's going on here i'm, I'm putting on the glove right here a couple of weeks ago th- there was a very sad uh fatal shooting of a 23 year old woman named jamia harris and uh this involved unquestionably some Alabama basketball players, uh, Darius miles, who was on the team uh, and brought the gun to the scene of the crime has been kicked off the team. No, Brandon brought the gun to the scene. Oh, of the crime. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, he was not ultimately the one who pulled the trigger. There was a guy named Michael Davis who pulled the trigger. So we know for sure is that Michael Davis pulled the trigger apparently. And Darius miles was right there with him, but there are two other Alabama basketball players who very likely had some involvement. And there are reports that standout guard, Brandon Miller, who is a lottery pick along with guard, Jaden Bradley were at the scene in cars 
that were essentially blocking her car from getting out. They were those two cars were angled, preventing her car from getting out. And then what happens is Davis pulls the trigger, kills this woman, and ultimately Miles and uh, Michael Davis are charged. So far, Brandon Miller has not been charged. And uh, won't be. Hold on. The the fact, the fact, setting aside whether or not he should be charged, the fact that he is on a basketball court playing basketball right now when we know we know that he provided the gun the gun that was used to kill this woman was provided to darius miles by brandon miller and this kid is playing basketball right now like let's at least have respect for the family let's at least have respect and integrity for like my God, the criminal justice system play its play itself out and have this kid sit out. But not only does he not sit out, he shows up to a basketball game this past Saturday against Arkansas. And in introductions, he goes through his routine that he's gone through throughout the year where one of his teammates, as he gets he gets called to, to come onto the court, one of his teammates pats him down. So this guy, like Brandon being Miller, for a gun. This guy, Brandon Miller, who actually supplied the gun that killed Jamia Harris, comes onto the basketball court after this has happened, and one of his teammates pats him down. I mean, that alone, we can punch the Alabama basketball. I, I team. would agree with that, House. That that is uh, that is disgusting. Should not should not be doing that. That's disgusting. I'm with you on that. I mean, that coach do really, anything really bad. when he did that. The coach said it was inappropriate and won't happen again uh, this year. But it's happened all year, so it's not like it was unpredictable. Well, yeah, but he hadn't been under scrutiny for for gun offense all year. I want to get Pope in here, but I do think that there is at least a a factual dispute as to if he provided the gun. He drove the car in which the gun was transported to to the scene. That's That's what the athletic reported today. Oh well, well the the story is from his attorney, and take it for what it's worth. But it was Miles's gun, okay, and it was in it was in Brandon Miller's back seat underneath some clothing, and Brandon was having dinner somewhere, and Miles texted him and said, "Hey, can you bring me my gun?" So Miles text said, "Bring me my gun," and Miller drives. It's a le- it's. It's legal. It's not an illegal weapon. God, it's dumb as a post for somebody who thinks they're going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, I mean, it it may be dumb, but it but it doesn't warrant. It's not first. First of all, House said, let's wait and see what the criminal justice system does. Well, the criminal justice system right now says that he hadn't done anything that's chargeable. There's no chargeable offense yet. yet. No, there's no yet. They're not. He's not even a person of interest. Well, okay. I'll just and, say this. And, and his attorney says to Bison's point, he says, I did not block. My car was not blocking her exit. So that obviously, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where it all falls out. Obviously, the kid was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He, But it doesn't warrant a suspension because of what his actions were. And that and my, and my point is, look, if the criminal justice system comes up with some other way to charge him that he did something wrong then you know things can change but as of now 
and and, and this is has nothing to do with Alabama. This could be this could be fucking you know Jay Will back in the day at Duke. Not that he would do it, but I would be in favor of him being on the court. Wow, there's nothing wow. he did. He's not done, done anything him. criminally wrong. Punch him. that would justify him being suspended. Uh, at this time, is that the litmus test, though, for whether or not to put a kid on the basketball court is actually if they're charged with a crime? I mean, if 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 the only thing, you know, is that some other player says to uh, Braden, Brandon Miller, hey, man, uh, you got my gun. Bring it to me. OK, I don't for what? Like, ask yeah, you don't say like, well, what's going on. Like, like, hey, man, like we shouldn't be playing around with guns. we got a basketball team and game to worry about. And we're top five in the country and I'm going to be in the lottery. I'm not bringing you no gun. That only leads to bad places. But he brings the gun. The only reason Darius Miles is off the team and Brandon Miller isn't off the team is because Darius Miles got charged. He didn't pull the trigger. No, He's but ex- it's felony murder. I, I, listen, I don't think there's a there's a big leap from where Brandon Miller was to where Darius Miles was to where Michael Davis was. And I think the fact that he brought the gun is reason enough to sit the kid's ass down. And for that reason, I punch Alabama. I punch Brandon Miller and my heart goes out to the Jamia Harris family. It's horrible. It is horrible. It's a it's a horrible situation, but you don't compound it by suspending somebody like Brandon Miller for something he didn't do. Well, well, hold on. The punch in the face was for the pat down, right? Yeah. That's what we're. That's for sure. That's where we have five votes for that. We all agree on on that. Five O on the pat down. Yeah. So. All right. Doesn't hurt that Alabama was having their best season in a long time. (laughs) Let's. If Alabama was their typical. Shitty team. Pope Pope wouldn't be this. This is all resolved. This. this is all resolved with a first round knockout. Okay. Let's That's not happening, that. but let's just pray for that. Who else is good on that team? Jalen Bradley. <laughs> it's, it's very disgusting that they're so good in basketball now. It's tough to handle. Sounds mm. like you're processing. Mm. They're going to have like a killer. Uh, no pun intended. Three on three uh, jailhouse team, right? I mean, can we use some different wow. language? Oh my! <laughs> I'm gonna punch. Oh, time hey. to move on. Someone oh, better have a last. They're gonna be called the Aiders and a Betters. <laughs> wow! Someone better have a lasso. I don't think we, I think have, we have a lasso, lasso this week. I don't think we we're not entitled to get one after that. So we feel good about All cookies. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? Let's lasso. Uh, what's her name, Pope? Haley? Hayden? Hadley. Hadley. Her Girl Scout troop gets the damn lasso. Yes. You know, we actually could identify the Girl Scout troop because I believe my wife might have sent you guys a picture. There may have been. I don't know anything about that. Might have been a picture of uh, me obtaining a lot of pictures. Said cookies. (laughs) Obtaining said cookies from the outside of Lowe's where you could identify the Girl Scout troop. But I don't have access to said picture. Right. I've only what heard picture? about her. There I might be really one where she's looking at you, the Girl Scout, kind of like, when's this creep going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Something. Not only did I, I, I gave a nice contribution to the Girl Scout troop, whatever number it is. Thank you. A shout out to them. I awesome. think we better leave it there. We better end it right there. 
Uh, all right. Anybody have anything else this week? I think this is a good spot. That's what I thought. All right. Uh, all right. All right, guys. Have a, good, have a week. good week. Check us out on YouTube. Hope I'll have you know that I texted Cheryl that I was not comfortable being on that text thread. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening. <laughs>